The Bakers of Weber's Bread present your all-star Western theater, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. From Hollywood comes your all-star Western theater, starring America's great Western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage, bringing you the music, the stories, and the spirit of the great open spaces. And now, here are the Riders of the Purple Sage. Riding down the Santa Fe, just beyond the mountains and across the way, see that sun hang low in the west, or the land I'm loving the best. Here we go, my old fiddle, gotta see a preacher about a gal, so let's burn the trail and yonder we'll go. through the West these days, you're apt to be surprised at the way in which the old has been combined with the new. Every city, including the big important ones, still takes pride in carrying on the tradition of Western hospitality. Yet, even the ramshackle cafes of the most lowly cow towns now feature a jukebox. The same brightly colored jukebox to be found in entertainment palaces throughout the land. But stop a while at a Western jukebox, and you're almost sure to hear this song, No One to Cry To.
certainly has changed. There aren't many of the old range-wise saddle-toughened cowfolks left around these days, but like Foy said just a few minutes ago, that traditional Western hospitality hasn't changed a bit. Westerners still enjoy good living, and one of the most enjoyable parts of good living is eating, especially if the meal includes lots of good Weber's bread. Weber's bread is well-mixed and well-baked. Its golden brown crust, firm, even texture, and distinctive flavor just can't be beat. And another fine thing about good Weber's bread is its just-right moisture content that assures long-lasting freshness. Serve Weber's bread as toast for breakfast, combined with your favorite sandwich filling, or with the most elaborate meals. You'll find it's a sure hit with every member of the family. So next time you go shopping, be sure to buy a loaf of Weber's bread, that good bread in the familiar blue gingham wrapper. You'll like it. Nobody ever saw a western gal who couldn't dance. And when a gal dances, she wants rhythm. Well, here it is. Alexander's Ragtime Band. Come on in here. Come on in here. Alexander's Ragtime Band. Come on in here. Come on in here. It's the best band in the land. They can play a bugle call like you never heard before. So natural that you want to go to war. secret about these riders of the Purple Sage. Waiting has been a mighty popular musical pastime in their family for a great many years. Great granddaddy used to wait for the wagon. Grandpa would wait till the cows come home. Pa liked to wait till the sun shines, Nellie. Why, even Uncle George was always waiting for the Robert E. Lee. And here they are themselves, still planning to continue the family custom for they sing, Wait Till I Get My Sunshine in the Moonlight. Love me, I'd like to know. 
Soon I'm gonna find out I'm gonna speak my mind out The very next time the moon is low Wait like a bright sunshine in the moonlight Wait like at her knees in the western sky With the yucca and the sage All around through seven days And the stars are making faces in her eyes Wait until she finds the moon above on my side Now it's time for Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage to tell another story of the West. This week, it concerns some events which took place near the little town of Squaw Creek. We call it Time to Ride. The West is both a place and a spirit. The place is a mixture of deserts and valleys, clear skies and huge mountains. The spirit is friendliness and freedom. And there are men of the West, like these riders of the Purple Sage, who know freedom as no other men know it. They're vagabonds whose joy comes from the feel of nature, from a knowledge that a star holds more beauty than any man-made contrivance, and a saddle more comfort than any chair. Before we get to where we're going, I want to warn you guys. No tricks and no funny business. You've got to act like gentlemen. Oh, boy. No tricks at all. Act like gentlemen, huh? You heard me. This is a bride and groom we're calling on. Boy, are you sure this is the right place? I'm pretty sure. Well, I thought you said Kit Woodford's pappy owns the Diamond S Ranch. Yeah, he does. But there's talk around that Mr. Woodford's pretty sore because Kit married a ranch hand. Well, fellow would have to be awful sore to let his daughter honeymoon in a shack like that. Hey, if you fellas know us how run down this place is... Howdy, Kit. Hello, Kit. It's good to see you, boys. Well, it's mighty good to see the bride. Oh, Sam should be home any minute. I expected him before this. Come on in. I can show you the house before he gets here. If Sam's doing something we could help that, Kit, we'd be glad to give him a hand. Oh, no. He just rode over to see Dad. Huh? Here it is. Our house. Hey, this is something real. Sure is. Looks pretty good inside. Sam's and mine. All of it. Did you say Stan had gone to see your pappy, Kit? Well, yes. Why? Foy told us your pappy was sore at Stan. Johnny. You did, Foy. You practically said her pappy kicked him out because she married Stan. Johnny, the kid, I'm off <laughs> I should think you would blush, Foy Willing. Oh, Johnny, you ain't got no more brains than an abandoned corral. What did I do now? Oh, never mind, Johnny. Foy probably did tell you that. And the sad part is, it's true. But the last thing we wanted was to make you feel uncomfortable, kid. Oh, I don't feel uncomfortable. I believe, and so does Stan, that Dad's jealous of us, that's all. He remembers how he and Mama were when they started out. They were going to live this way, too. But they didn't very long. Because Dad got all tangled up and wanting to own things. Well, you don't seem to have changed much, Kit. From the way I was when you worked for Dad and I'd come home and tell you things? Yeah. No, boy, I haven't changed. I had to wait a long time before I found somebody who believes as I do. But Stan does. Well, that's great. We want to be able to look out this window here see the mountains and say, let's ride over to the other side for a while. Both of us think that's a 
a better way to live than to have a big house, not be able to ride to the other side of the mountain or do what we like because we haven't time for anything except cattle and money. And I think you're right, too, Kit. When it comes our turn to die, we want good things to remember. Not to suddenly realize we live in a trap and have nothing except a lot of money we can't take along. Dad's going to do that, I'm afraid. Never had a time to see the stars or listen to a campfire crackle. Well, there's Dan now. He's playing tricks again, knocking. Come in, honey. I should pay no attention, but I can't. Honey, I know it's you. Morning, kid. But Judge Moore. Oh, this is it. Oh, Judge, I thought you were Stan. I, well, I... I hope you'll forgive me for calling you honey. Uh, oh, you know the boys. Boy Willing, Al Slowey, Johnny Paul. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Howdy, boys. Howdy, Howdy. Yes. Where's Stan, kid? Well, he went to the ranch to see Dad, as you suggested. Yeah? Hoping you'll be able to patch things up. What time did he leave? About seven this morning. Why? I have some bad news for you, Kip. Tragic news. I don't quite know how to put it into words. Well... It's your father, Kip. Your father's dead. Oh, no. I called to see him here at the ranch on business. Found him dying. He'd been shot. Tried to tell me how it happened. Who did it, but... The words wouldn't come... I think I'd better be going back to the office now. Hate to stay at your daddy's ranch any longer than necessary now that he's gone. Well, thanks for riding over with us, Judge Moore, and for bringing the news to Not at all. If there's anything I can do to help you, kid, just call on me. Your father and I were the best of friends, despite our little differences. Good day, boys. If she needs anything at all, boys, come right to me. Oh, boy. Take it easy, Kit. Will it be all right if I go in and see Dad now? Well, I think we'd better ride back to your place and see if Stan is home yet. Stan didn't do this, boy. He didn't. Well, of course not. But we ought to find him as soon as we can. Find out if he knows anything about it. He couldn't have, boy. He came here, but he... Come on, we'll get the horses. Johnny. Yeah. Help Kit with hers, will you? Sure. Come on, Kit. Oh, I'm all right. I just don't want people to think Stan did it. Judge Moore's already hitting his dick. Here, Al. Keep this. What is it? Stan's pocket knife. Huh? See his initials carved in the handle? Oh, yeah. The judge and I found it lying near Mr. Woodford's body. But Mr. Woodford wasn't knifed. No, he was shot clean through the temple and by a crack marksman. But there could have been a tussle first, and the knife dropped out of the pocket. Somebody at the house. Stan! Stan, is that you? Howdy. Oh, no, it's true. Dad hired Vic to take Stan's place when Stan was fired. Well, Miss Kett, boy. Howdy. Vic, you haven't seen Stan, have you? I saw him earlier in the day, and I'm looking for him again. Had a little difference of opinion, and I figured on settling it now. Where was Stan when you saw him, Vic? Following on the corrals of the ranch. I caught him red-handed. He said he was taking a few calves that belonged to you. Well, I do have some calves at Dad's. Yeah, well, I didn't like his attitude. Before we could settle things, your father told me to be about my business, said he'd take care of Stan. They don't go with me. I aim to handle my own troubles. Where have you been the rest of the day, Vic? What do you care? Well, these are my boys here, Vic. Three of you, huh? Dad was 
killed this morning, Vic. Killed? Your dad was killed? Well, I've been on the range all day ever since I left Stan. Stan's the last person with your dad, as far as I know. Have you got any way of proving you were riding all day? Not a thing, Willie. When I prove where I was, it'll be to a sheriff, not you. Hold on now. Before I do anything else, I'm going to have a talk with Judge Moore. He got me this job. Said I'd have a tough time holding it, but he didn't tell me I was holding a job that a killer didn't want to lose. Shall we go after him for it? No, let him go. We haven't anything on him. What we'd better do is wait here a little while for Stan. If he doesn't come within an hour, we'll go out and look for him. Put his horse in the corral and he's coming up to the house. All right. Johnny, Al, you head for the front room. You too, Kit. I'll talk to Stan. No, boy. It's my place to be with Stan. I'll be fair about it, really. I will. Let me talk to him alone. Well, all right, Kit. He didn't kill Dad. I know Stan like I know myself. Come on, Al, Johnny. We'll go to the front room. Okay, let's go. You're here, Kit? Hello, honey. I'd expect you to come out to meet me. Stan... Where have you been all day? Oh, first I saw a blonde lady dude, and she took a shine to me. Then I saw a brunette lady dude, and oh, she took Dad, a shine. Oh, Stan, I mean it. I have to know. What's the matter, honey? Something wrong? Where were you all day? Well, I went over to your dad's this morning. I sort of lost my nerve about talking to him at first, so I walked out to the corral to have a look at your calves. I got in a little argument about him with Vic, the top hand that took my job, and your dad booted me out. And after that, Stan? Well, your dad heard us. He came out of the house and sent Vic away. And then we had a little talk. Your dad and I. What sort of a talk? Oh, the usual thing, only more so. Just like always, he said he liked me fine as a top hand, but not as a husband for you. And you flared up. Did you, Stan? Some. How much? Well, I suppose I may as well tell you, honey. Your dad and I had a pretty fair wrangle. But how much of a wrangle, Stan? Maybe I can help you much, what? Kit. Who is this man, Kit? Boy Willing. I... Boy Willing? Oh, gee, I forgot you were coming. Kit reminded me early this morning, and I had to go... Why, yes, that's my knife. How did you get it? When was the last time you saw this knife, Stan? I suppose you answer my question first. How did you get it? Say, Kit, what's the matter with everybody today? Why so edgy? Stan, Dad has been killed. And this knife was found beside his body. Oh, not your dad, kid. Judge Moore knows it was there, Stan. So you better think up an answer. Fast. A good answer. For that knife? Oh, I come to think of it, I loaned that knife to Judge Moore a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to get a rock out of his horse's hoof. I don't remember he ever gave it back. All right. Johnny, I want you to go for the sheriff. Stan, I wish you'd stay here at the house. Don't let anybody try to make you leave. Hey, what is this? Kit? You and Al and I will ride in and see Judge Moore. We'll settle this thing fast. Al, you wait outside here in case you're needed. Yeah. Kat, before we go inside, there's something more I want to know. All right. Judge Moore and your dad have been the bitterest of enemies ever since they were rivals for your mother, back in their younger days. When did they get friendly again? Just a few months ago. Boy, I tell you, Stan couldn't kill anyone. Let's go in. 
You here, Judge Moore? Hmm? Oh, good afternoon, Willie. Go ahead, Kit. Thanks. Well, Kit, you're here, too. Now, what can I do to help you? There's a few things she'd like to know about her father's death, Judge. I guess you're the only man who can give us that information. I'm glad to help in any way I can. Your daddy and I wasted a lot of time being enemies, Kit. I'll regret that to my dying day. Did I understand you to say that you were with him when the shot was fired? Huh? No. Oh, no, indeed. But I got there before he died. Tried to tell me who did it, but it was too far gone. Uh, just a coincidence. You happened to be at the ranch. Or were you there for some special reason? Well, no, that's something I kind of hate to talk about at present for. Your daddy called me out to his place, Kit. Said he wanted me to look over a new will he'd written. Uh, a new will? Yes, I have it right here somewhere. It was all written when I got there. Your daddy just wanted to make sure it was legal and binding. Oh, here we are. We skipped the first part for the time being. This is what will interest you. If at the time of my decease, my daughter, Kitty Woodford Bell, has not divorced her husband, Stanley Bell, then my estate shall be used to establish an institution for homeless boys, with my ranch used as headquarters for the aforesaid institution, and Judge Fremont Moore shall be the sole administrator for the entire... Never mind the rest, Judge. Huh? You may be the best lawyer in these parts, but you're not the smartest killer. Boy! Killer? You gave yourself away when you first told us Mr. Woodford was dead. I wasn't sure what your motive could have been then, but the will told us. You wanted to control his fortune. Better watch what you're saying, Fire Willie. You claim Mr. Woodford tried to talk to you before he died. That was impossible. The bullet went straight through his temple. He died instantly. Willie, that advice... You made another mistake, too. You forged that will. But in forging it, you wrote Kit's name down as Kitty. If you hadn't have had that long quarrel with her father, you'd have known her right name is Kit, in honor of Kit Carson. Before Mr. Woodford got tangled up and wanted to own things, he admired the free way in which Kit Carson lived. He vowed he'd name you his... better reach for the ceiling for you, too, Kit. Oh, you're yeah. you're too you smart for your size, and I'll have to cut you down a little. I wouldn't if I were you, Judge. There's others who know about this, how careful it was planned, from making up your quarrel just at the time Kit was married, from borrowing Stan's knife and never returning it, all the way to hiring your own man as Mr. Woodford's new top hand and getting Stan to go out to the ranch on the morning you meant to do the killing. But everything figured out, haven't you? All right, Judge. Huh? Oh, you don't... Get him, Al. Rush him. We want him alive. You can bet a month's pay, Sheriff. We're glad to get rid of him. Uh, nice hole, boys. Nice hole. Forgery and murder. Uh, come on, Judge. Uh, reckon we'll have to hang you a couple of times. Oh, Kit, darling. Oh, everything's all right, Stan. Now. Oh, it'll always be all right. With me, it ain't all right, even now. Keep your pie bill closed, Johnny. Can't you see this is a sentimental moment? We had a fine time, Kit. I sure hope we get invited again. Yeah, me too. Especially when you move over to the big white house on the ranch. Oh, I don't think we'll be moving there, Al. But the will was a forgery, wasn't it? Won't you get your dad's property? Yes, I guess so. But if Stan will agree to it, I'd like to use the property in starting a place for homeless boys. That seemed like a good idea to me. Will you agree, Stan? Well, sure, honey. Well, that's mighty nice of you. No, boy, it's selfish, really. We weren't pretending when we said all we wanted out of life was time to see the stars and to ride over to the other side of the mountain. Oh, I didn't think you were pretending, Kit. The property, the money would stop us from doing what we want. And as long as everybody still has a right to pursuit of happiness, I think we'll do our pursuing in our own way. It's still pretty nice of you and Stan, Kit. 
Well, boys, I guess we'd better be moving along now. You see, Kit, we're pretty much like you and Stan. We like time for riding along, too. Well, Foy and the boys were just a little too smart for the judge, and they got their reward in the knowledge of having seen justice done, and also being invited to a dandy home-cooked meal. Good food, you know, is traditional among Western folks. Today, Westerners like to take time out once in a while and take off for the mountains or the beach on a good old-fashioned picnic. The next time you go picnicking, be sure to take plenty of sandwiches made with good Weber's bread. It's just right moisture content assures long-lasting freshness. You can pack the lunch early in the morning, drive to your destination, and even if it's afternoon before you eat, you'll find those sandwiches made with good Weber's bread are still fresh and delicious to taste. And good Weber's bread is equally fine for toast in the morning or when served with a full-course dinner at night. Weber's bread is always good bread. Buy a loaf the next time you shop. You'll like it. On each of these programs, Foy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage make a point of finding a special place for a truly great song of the West. Your opinions help them a great deal in making these selections. And today, they've chosen Home on the Range because so many of you have said it was a favorite. Home on the Range. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. time, friends. We hope you'll be with us again next week. This is Foy Willing speaking for Al Floyd, Gene Waltz, Johnny Paul, and all of the writers of the Purple Sage, 
saying so long and good luck to you all. Drifting along, singing a song under a western moon. From Hollywood, you've heard your all-star western theater. A V.M. Bear production starring America's great western singers, Boy Willing and the Riders of the Purple Sage. The script was by Ray Wilson, direction by Tom Hargis. This is Terry O'Sullivan speaking. The Bakers of Weber's Bread have presented your all-star Western theater, which was produced and transcribed in Hollywood, and came to you from Columbia Square. Okay. Which was produced and transcribed in Hollywood, and came to you from Columbia Square.